0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Regional Roundup with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3.
1: Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now to turn our attention to stories around the region. Prominent one uh, where Malaysian Prime Minister Mohenin Yasin has unveiled his post pandemic exit plan for the country. The National Recovery Plan projects that Malaysia from September might be able to gradually open up its economy, social sectors, and also Parliament. But there's still a long way to go before that. So what are the finer details of this plan and what needs to be achieved in you know, order what needs to be fulfilled before they can actually start to move into a more relaxed phase in that sense. Elsewhere around the region, Indonesia reported a surge in export growth on a yearly basis to an 11-year high in May, while imports also jumped. Could this be a sign of recovery? And over in the Philippines, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte says he will not cooperate with an investigation into the country's war on drugs. This investigation is being planned by the International Criminal Court. Human rights groups, meanwhile, are calling it a landmark step. Let's find out more about this and more with Straits Times regional correspondent Leslie Lopez. Leslie, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad, sir. And uh, it's nice uh, that there's some good news coming out of Malaysia. There's a plan in place. There is hope in place. A four-phase post-pandemic exit plan for Malaysia announced by Prime Minister Mohamed Yassin. What are the finer details of this plan, Leslie?
0: Well, you know, for starters, I don't think... Well, certainly Malaysians are not calling it an exit plan because the plan was kind of bereft of any financial assistance between now and you know, even in September when they when things they hope will reach some kind of you know, normalcy where they can try to ease down this lockdown. But, and really, the government has not dealt with the challenges of the education and economic sector. I think what was presented yesterday would be more accurately seen as markers that the government hopes to achieve before it can roll out any kind of easing of a lockdown, and because of this, the reaction has been fairly negative actually to mm-hmm. this to this plan because so and that's quite worrying because Malaysians aren't holding back their feelings of unease against this persistently high rates of infection which continue to continue to be posted daily. Deaths have numbered. 101 yesterday low, mm-hmm. bringing the number of people who have succumbed to the virus to past 4,000. And there's stumbles in the vaccine rollout, which the mm-hmm. government says will only peak sometime in July. So, you know, the question is what happens between now and then. So, you know, I think there is frustration that, you know, people, people want to see fewer numbers. They want to get the economy sectors going, and these lockdowns, you know, which come and go, people fear that they are uh, worried that these things are not being effective enough. So, in reality, Malaysia is actually in a kind of a very precarious place because the pandemic is far from under control, and the re- the economy is reeling. You know, why generally it's it's blamed that government is handling. You know but the thing is that also i think public needs to take uh share of the blame poor adherence to sops are problem too uh, but i think what we need really is a very aggressive testing and tracing regime which probably will help so that is what health experts are pushing for and it would be i think welcome if the Mauritian government could do that in the coming days, and, and that is give us assurance in the coming
1: days. That is so true. That is so true. I mean, the testing, aggressive testing, finding the problem uh-huh. is is always best, right? But then comes the question: Can you test? And if you can't roll out that kind of testing, why? I wonder though, Leslie, uh, Malaysia's King Sultan Abdullah Ahmad Shah will meet eight other Malaysian monarchs in a special conference of rulers conference this afternoon. And one of the things we're expecting is a discussion on the handling of the COVID crisis by Mohidin's administration. I've got a couple of questions about this. I mean, for starters, why is it taken only a year, you know, or a little bit more than a year before we have some kind of a progress assessment? It's quite a while, right? You're right. You know, I think because Malaysians are so are very unhappy about the
0: government's handling, is what is the particular is the reason why the rulers have decided that they need to intervene. Mm-hmm. Now, this meeting is going to be crucial, not just for Muhyiddin but also for the royal houses. I think the fact that the sultans are meeting is because, like I said, the growing unease over the government handling of the crisis. which has just not just undermined the political prestige of the Muhyiddin government, but also. The royal households, you know, that's because the state of emergency that the government declared can only be supplied with consent from the king. And if you recall, um, Muhyiddin requested for it for the first time in October. Rulers met and decided against this. The current emergency was granted by the king alone. So I think this is going to be a major issue. Apart from handling of the COVID crisis, I think the rulers are going to ask their, their brother Sultan, you know, is this emergency, was this emergency valid? Was it, was it necessary? And is it necessary to prolong it? You know, should parliament convene? So all of these questions, I think, are going to be asked today. And these are issues that Malaysians, political parties, ordinary Malaysians, are going to look for clarity on. Mm. So, you know, so this is going to be, I, really, I think it's going to be an interesting meeting because how the sultans decide will have an impact not just on the within government, but also on the Royal Households itself. Mm. So there's a lot of stake here today. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode.
1: It's almost as if there's two layers of decision makers and it's always easy to look at the big boss if things go wrong. The big <laughs> boss in this situation yeah. is Mohen Yasin, right? So his political yeah. future then, he's walking a tightrope right now. Hmm. Very much
0: so. Very much so. And I think, you know, it comes against a backdrop of, you know, there is loud noises from, you know, his political allies like Amno, which are saying that, look, you know, we're going to pull the plug. Oh, dear. You know, I don't think we don't think we can we can continue with this. Government. You see, the, I think the reality is that, you know, because the government is being blamed for the handling of the crisis. So parties associated with the government get carded at the same mm, time. Mm. So, you know, and people looking, I know, for particularly like parties like Amno, which is looking for some kind to, of making some kind of a comeback in the next, next general election. Yeah. They've got to worry about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So do you want to be associated with, you know, because um, several of the senior ministers in the current cabinet, and especially those uh, directly involved with the crisis, handling uh, key portfolios like the vaccine rollout, the internal security, they all come from, they are all UMNO ministers. So UMNO is being seen as someone that's very, very much involved in the handling of this crisis. Yes. So within the party, we're seeing as, you know, is this good? Is this bad? Uh, we have to take stock. So mm. all of this are coming, you know, into uh, coming into play at this point. So like I said, it's, it's going to
1: be interesting few days. So, you know, taking stock, Indonesia has seen its exports recover vigorously from the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. It is Southeast Asia's largest economy. What's behind the surge in these uh, export numbers?
0: Well, it's largely uh, higher commodity prices. And also we are coming from a low base. You know, uh, imports have jumped. Domestic demand also has risen. And, you know, I think uh, this is a good sign. You know, soaring prices of main commodities there is a greater demand from trade partners like China and mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's mainly coal, palm oil, copper, roughly a double. So, you know, you, that's these are all kind of good signs. And, you know, I think this export rise is expected to continue you know, because of the demand for commodities. Actually. So mm-hmm. you're going to see some good numbers coming out from Indonesia.
1: Uh, Leslie, last one, we go to the Philippines for this where their president, Rodrigo Duterte, says he'll never cooperate with an international criminal court probe into the country's deadly drug war. It's been called the landmark step for the Philippines where this investigation is concerned. I mean, he says he's not going to cooperate, but really, does the ICC even need his cooperation? Well, you know, the thing is that you know Duterte
0: is, has been very explicit, has been very, very caustic with his uh, criticisms against these international community watchdogs mm-hmm. that have looked into his um, you know, in handling of this, of the drug war. He, he is very, very committed to it, believes that he's doing the right thing, and he's not shown any signs of wavering, actually. So, you know, for one, to not going to get his cooperation and the cooperation of security forces for this whole thing. I think the, the international community will be going with it alone. And I wonder, whatever findings they reach, how much of an impact it is going to have mm. on the justice. You know, it's really, it's, it's I, at this point in time, from what we see, it isn't going to be anything major on its on his standing. Right. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of noise. But, you know, beyond that, uh, Elliot, I don't think, you know, there's going to be much going to come out of this.
1: All right, we've been speaking with Straits Times regional correspondent Leslie Lopez. As always, appreciate your time, sir. You take care and stay safe. We'll do. You. you too.
0: The Asian Insider podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us.